In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Today is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we're coming to the end of the Church's liturgical year, and very soon we'll be celebrating uh, Advent season. And as if to kind of pick up on that theme, the readings of today's Mass are all about the end of time as well, and about being ready and standing uh, prepared for that. Today, though, we're thinking very much about the present life, and of course we uh, welcome this young child who is to be baptised in the church uh, today, uh, already uh, received a a life, uh, but today receives a new life, uh, the new life of grace. So in a special way, we welcome uh, this child to church today, uh, her parents and uh, also godparents and family members who are here today. And of course, we welcome all of you who are visitors uh, to St Bride's today. And maybe you could note uh, today that the sunshine outside, it, it's really always like that in canvas lying. Uh, so, so I want you to take note of that. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Let us pray. Grant us, we pray, O Lord our God, the constant gladness of being devoted to you, for its full and lasting happiness to serve you with constancy, the author of all that is good, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the prophet Daniel. At that time, Michael will stand up, the great prince who mounts guard over your people. There is going to be a time of great distress, unparalleled since nations first came into existence. When that time comes, your own people will be spared, all those whose names are found written in the book. Of those who lie sleeping in the dust of the earth, many will awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. The learned will shine as brightly as the vault of heaven, and those who have instructed many in virtue as bright as the stars for all eternity. The word of the Lord. Preserve me, God, I take refuge in you. O Lord, it is you who are my portion and cup. It is you yourself who are my prize. I keep the Lord ever in my sight. Since he is at my right hand, I shall stand firm. Preserve me. And so my heart rejoices, my soul is glad. Even my body shall rest in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor let your beloved know decay. You will show me the path of life, the fullness of joy in your presence. At your right hand, happiness forever. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. All the priests stand at their duties every day, offering over and over again the same sacrifices which are quite incapable of taking sins away. Christ, on the other hand, has offered one single sacrifice for sins and then taken his place forever at the right hand of God, where he is now waiting until his enemies are made into a footstool for him. By virtue of that one single offering, he has achieved the eternal perfection of all whom he is sanctifying. When all sins have been forgiven, there can be no more sin offerings. The word of the Lord. Stay awake and stand ready, because you do not know the hour when the Son of Man is coming. The Lord be with you. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days, after the time of distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will lose its brightness, the stars will come falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then too he will send the angels to gather his chosen from the four winds, from the ends of the earth, and from the ends of heaven. And so take the fig tree as a parable. As soon as its twigs grow supple and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. So with you, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the very gates. I tell you solemnly before this generation has passed away, all these things will have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But as for that day, nobody knows it. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, no one but the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. In his book, The Time Machine, by H.G. Wells, he tells the story of a man who has invented a machine which is able to catapult a person to a different time. The same person who invents the machine actually tests it out and, of course, is taken to different periods of human history, thousands of years from the actual time that he finds himself in. The time that he arrives in appears to be kind of an idyllic time when people don't have any problems whatsoever. But it becomes clear in the story that there are actually two types of human beings now, ones that lie or ones that live underneath the ground and ones that live above the ground. And those on the surface have a carefree existence. They don't have to worry about anything. But the truth itself comes out about the whole situation because those who live in the underground are those that dominate those in the surface and then eventually they lure them into the caves where they are in order to eat them. The novel itself was written in the year 1895 and it gave birth to many books, the like of it, that were to do with time travel. Books that speculated, if you like, about the future and about how things would look and how you'd be able to travel into the future with some kind of machine or whatever. Strangely, we're on the same kind of territory, if you like, in the readings of today's Mass. The book of Daniel, which we've heard of from this morning, uh, imagines a kind of spiritual time travel, if you like, that takes us from the time that we're in to the far end of time, puts us in this landscape that is unknown to us, with an angel, with a book, and with a final definitive moment. What we hear then in this reading is how things might be at the end of time, a kind of moment, if you like, 
of supreme justice, when everything is put to rights, when those who are just are blessed, when the evil people are cursed, and every bit of human history is recorded in the same book of the angel himself. The good get what they deserve, and the bad get what they deserve. So what's envisaged then in this moment is a moment of supreme justice. I suppose as you listen to it then, some people might be consoled by what they hear in that. Downtrodden, those who are wronged, those who are victims, can expect this justice at the end of time. But surely what we hear in this reading isn't the end of things, because we certainly hear that God himself is a God of justice. But there are other things that we hear in the Bible itself about God too, that he is a God of mercy. We don't hear that so much here, but we should be heeding that as well. The Gospel today also uh, tells us in a certain kind of sense of a spiritual time travel as well, just as what we've heard in the first reading of today's Mass. Right at the end of things, right at the edge of the universe, right at the far end of time, it describes a kind of cataclysmic event that will come about. Lights going out, stars falling from the skies, powers being shaken, a moment of terror, if you like. Perhaps what we hear then in this reading and the other reading is far from consoling, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to remind us of that moment of justice that will come at the end of time when everything will be sorted out, knots will be unravelled, and everyone will know the truth. If you've read that book by H.G. Wells or, or perhaps seen the film itself, then you'll know that it's a kind of story about the interplay of time itself, time that is now, but also time in the future, how things are now and how things will be in the future. As you know yourself, human beings are always curious about the future itself, how things will work out. Down through the ages, we've had snake doctors who tell us about the future. We've had astrologers who gaze into the stars in order to predict what's coming next. We have people who cut cards and also people who read lines in your hands in order to tell you just exactly how things will be for you. People like to speculate about things in the future and how things will work out. And I suppose, as if you know that book by H.G. Wells, you'll know that he himself also kind of speculates about that, how things are now, but how they might be in the future. The passages then that we've listened to today at Mass also kind of go over that kind of interplay between things now and also things in the future itself, how things will turn out, how things are leading to a certain point. And the readings themselves leave us then with that sense of the ultimate day of justice, when things will be made clear, when all things will be unravelled, and you'll see things as clear as day. I suppose, though, as we're kind of thinking about all these things, then we might think also about time itself, the time that we have. And the time that we have, of course, is of the essence. 
When you're young, you don't really think too much about time because it seems a kind of limitless thing and it won't run out. But when you get that bit older, you begin to realise that time is limited and, of course, uh, the possibilities that you have as you get older are limited as well. But perhaps thinking about time itself, then we realise that it's important what we do with the time that is given to us here and now. The readings themselves perhaps make us think just exactly of that. And sometimes uh, the time that we're given can be something which is constructive in our own lives, but perhaps sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes we can use the time that we are given in life in the wrong way. It's almost as if it kind of runs through our fingers. And I suppose when we kind of think of the time that we've been given, we sometimes kind of think that we are not achieving very much from the time uh, that we have been given each of us. It's almost as if there is a temptation just to fritter it away and not use it in the best way that we can. So today is a day to think of the time that has been placed in our own hands. There's much that we can do with the time itself. Life itself is given to us in our own hands and there is much that we can construct, much that we can build in our own life, much that we can do and much that we can achieve. We're all given that gift of time in our own hands and through that time we can do much and achieve much in our own life. But in a certain sense also we can allow it to run through our fingers and we can misuse that time, it can just become something of self-indulgence, something in which we take for granted and we never actually achieve anything. In that story by H.G. Wells, he, he goes back and forward between time now and time in the future. What all of us realise is that we have time now, and of course time now constructs the future that we all have. We build for the future now for ourselves, but we also build for the future for other people as well. The greatest danger, I suppose, when you look at your own life when you're older, is that maybe you've not really achieved much in the time that is given to you. The readings today remind us of time itself, the time now, the present time, the day that we're given, the moments of our life, that we ourselves can achieve much. And what we realise is that these are important for the future, but they're also important for that final moment, which is the future and the end of our own lives.
right, so that all who are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection by this water may become more perfectly like your Son. Yes. Lord, make holy this water which you have taken, so that all those who have chosen to be, to be born again by the power of the Holy Spirit may be taken a place amongst your holy people. Yes.
Please stand. Christ our Lord continues to be our High Priest, the one who pleads for us and intercedes on our behalf now and until eternity. May we trust in him and put our hope in him as we make our prayers and intercessions today. For our country at this important time, for wise heads and prudent judgments to see the way ahead. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those caught up in the fires in America and for those who have lost their lives. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who may remember in a special way during the month of November. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those in prison and who are serving long sentences for their crimes, that there might be both justice and mercy in our world. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For families who are finding it difficult to be united with one another, for peace and harmony in the home. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all whose working life is troubled by the long hours they are expected to work and by the little reward that they receive for their efforts. Lord, hear us. Lord, hear us. For all who have died, especially Gabriella Phillips, for her parents and her family. Lord, hear us. Lord, hear us. Almighty God, in days of tribulation be our refuge and our strength, in days of trouble be our consolation. And in times of darkness, we ask you to be our light. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Please be seated. Number one, two, two, all that I am. Number one, two, two.
pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice endures may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant, O Lord, we pray, that what we offer in the sight of you may obtain for us the grace of being devoted to you and gain for us the prize of an everlasting happiness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father of mercies and faithful God. For you have given us Jesus Christ, your Son, as our Lord and Redeemer. He always showed compassion for the children and poor, for the sick and sinners and he became a neighbour to the oppressed and the afflicted. By word and deed he announced to the world that you are our Father and that you care for all of your sons and daughters. And so with all the angels and saints, we exalt and bless your name and sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. are indeed holy and to be glorified, O Lord, who love the human race and who always walk with us on our journey of life. Blessed indeed is your Son, present in our midst, when we are gathered by his love, and when, as once for the disciples, so now for us, he opens the scriptures and breaks the bread. Therefore, Father, most merciful, we ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit to sanctify these gifts of bread and wine, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, on the night of the Last Supper, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, gave you thanks, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith.
Therefore, Holy Father, as we celebrate the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Saviour, whom you led through the passion and death on the cross to the glory of the resurrection, and whom you have seated at your right hand, we proclaim the work of your love until he comes again, and we offer you the bread of life and the chalice of blessing. Look with favour on this oblation of your church, in which we show forth the paschal sacrifice of Christ that has been handed on to us, and grant that by the power of the spirit of your love, we may be counted now and until the day of eternity among the members of your Son, in whose body and blood we have communion. Bring your church, O Lord, to perfect faith and charity, together with Francis our Pope, Joseph our Bishop, with all bishops, priests and deacons, and the entire people you have made your own. Open our eyes to the needs of our brothers and sisters. Inspire in us words and actions to comfort those who labour and are burdened, and make us serve them truly after the example of Christ and at his command. And may your church stand as a living witness to truth, freedom, peace and justice that all people might be raised up to a new hope. Remember our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the peace of your Christ and all the dead whose faith you alone have known. Admit them to rejoice in the light of your face and in the resurrection give them fullness of life. And grant also to us when our earthly pilgrimage is done that we may come to an eternal dwelling place and live with you forever. There in communion with the Blessed Virgin, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the Apostles and the Martyrs, Bride, Andrew and Margaret, Ninian and Columba, and with all the saints we shall praise and exalt you through Jesus Christ, your Son. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. And we pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, I leave you peace, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant our peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. And now let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy of these things.
please join in singing hymn number 638, Take Me Lord, number 638. Let us pray. Today we have shared in the gifts of this sacred mystery, and we humbly implore you, O Lord, that what your Son commanded us to do in memory of him may bring us growth in charity. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Hymn number 131, Amazing Grace, number 131.